Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Raw Talk. In this episode, we have a very lovely guest, Alexa. How are you today, babe? I'm good. How are you? I'm so excited to just like <laughs> get into everything. <laughs> Same. Oh my gosh. So before we start this off, I mean, tell us a little bit more about you and really just your journey. Okay. So I currently live in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I'm a sophomore in college at Lipscomb University. I study public relations and I minor in psychology. Um, and I didn't start doing pageants until last year. Um, oh. I'm kind of a fresh face. I'm kind of new to the pageant world. Yeah. Um, but I've learned a lot just in the past year going through it. Um, so it's kind of just the beginning process for me. Um, right. Yeah, that's kind of a little backstory of like where I'm at with everything. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, congratulations. I mean, like I've seen your videos, I've seen your photos, <laughs> and it's like you're just like born to do it. I feel like you're just mm-hmm. so good at it. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, throughout your pageant journey, and again, I've had so many pageant girls on the show. I, I mean, what really motivated you to do it? Because you are later in the game, but I mean, like you know, what really motivated you? So my friends and everyone would tell me like oh, you're so pretty, like, you should do pageant, and I always just kind of was, like, the stereotypical belief that people have of pageants is I thought it was just all about looks, and I thought it was very stereotypical, and so one day I started doing my research on it, and I was just kind of wanting a platform and a place where I could be, like, an inspiration for other girls, and I competed at Miss Tennessee USA 2021, my first one, Um, and going into that, I still was hesitant, Mm -hmm. Um, but really, like, what made me do it is when they sent me the paperwork, and when I was reading over the questions that they ask you in interview, I realized that they wanted to know the real me. And it really wasn't about looks. And that's why I continued to compete in more pageants even after Miss Tennessee right. USA. Yes. Um, simply because I wanted to be the girl that my 14-year-old self didn't have. Um, I wanted yeah. to have someone that could look, look up to because I didn't have that at 14 years old. And I really, I had been watching pageants and I saw where a lot of the times people were almost scared to say certain things or yeah scared to talk about certain topics and I went into it and I was just with a clear mind really thinking like I don't really care what anyone thinks because my 14 year old self alone in her bedroom crying herself to sleep um I really did the pageant really just to start a platform to talk about my story Um, and I even said one time in an interview I told them I was they were like why should we crown you and I said, I, I really don't need the crown. Um, I Y'all can give the crown to someone else. I just need the platform to be able to have an organization behind me to be able to have some type of title to prove, um, like, credibility. Right. And I can go out to events and speak about a topic that it's not really talked about really much in the Absolutely. pageant world. Um, and my platform is sexual assault. Um, and that yes. is like a really deep topic that people are scared to talk about. And right. when I see people talk about it, they miss information or they don't put in all the deep graphic right. details, which going into pageants, I thought that, you know, it's important that we talk about like the bad parts about sexual assault and not glorify it. Right. Um, because it shows the realness behind it. So that's really why I got into pageants. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, that's, that's amazing. Um, and, you know, you also have spoke 
about mental health. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, I mean, I feel like sexual assault and mental health go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I'm sure you can relate to that. So as far as mental health, I mean, we'll switch gears for a minute, but I mean, as far as mental health goes, um, and again, I speak very much about mental health on this podcast because, I mean, you can agree with me, it's something that needs to be talked about more. Absolutely. And right? Like 100%. And I feel like – I love how you brought up in an article, uh, you said about the education system. Mm-hmm. And I can't agree with that more. I mean, it, 100%. So if you can dig into that, I mean, I love how you tied into – I mean, you really incorporated the education system with mental health and how it can really affect all of us, you know, and how people aren't educated on it. And it's so, so true. So what has your journey been with that? Absolutely. So in school, the reason I really am big about mental health and education is because I believe schools do not have enough education themselves on how to help people right. dealing with mental health and disabilities um, right. and even teaching it in schools. So I grew up in a very well-known school. It was a private school, um, private Christian school. And just the way that they handled things with my mental health growing up mm-hmm. was not okay. Right. Um, and so I ended up transferring schools about three times oh, uh, wow. due to stuff I went through and just mental health and bullied. And I went to therapy mm-hmm. and for four years, um, I got diagnosed with PTSD, mm-hmm. ADHD, and a few other things. Um, and I, I always felt like a shame behind it. I always kind of felt that stigma that people have with mental health. Until I realized that there's so many kids and people that have reached out to me that go through the same thing in their schools Mm -hmm. um, about having no one to talk to. And, you know, it's almost like they'll bring you in the office and they'll sit you down, but it's not really doing much because they just call your parents and then you're sent home. Or for my instance, I was told to like, oh, your daughter needs help, like whatever. And I was kind of... um almost kind of ostracized Mm -hmm. from everyone it was kind of like you can't go to this school because of these issues right and you're Uh, the problem and you're the problem (laughs) and so I got through that and then I saw mental health issues with my mom and that's one reason that I've always wanted that question to be asked to me and as like an onstage question yeah because I've seen people answer it before but in the pageant world we have like these set answers we're supposed to give and we're sometimes not supposed to talk about the deep parts of it but when it comes to mental health there's not even just in schools um I think police officers need better education on it everyone Um, (laughs) my mom is bipolar and she had a stroke last year um about actually two years ago and when police do a wellness checkup um they don't always do that the right way And so my mom was taken from me, like against her will. Uh, And she was put in a very, very bad um, mental hospital. mm -hmm. And there's lawsuits going on. It was super bad. Um, But going through that and the way that people treated her because of it, and just it's not studied. People don't know all the symptoms of certain mental health. And I think kids honestly should be taught it. Absolutely. Starting at sixth grade, because that's when all my stuff started, because you're going through that like transition. Oh, everything. Yeah. Elementary mm-hmm. school to middle school. And you're trying to figure yourself out and depression, right. anxiety, right. all those things. Where you, we don't learn that in school. No, we um, don't. We learn about like Shakespeare. Yeah. And I generally think that. <laughs> 
kids, we would have like a less suicide rate, self-harm rate if we made it more of not necessarily a glorified thing, but a thing where you don't have to feel bad for dealing with it. Um, And I think that is just getting more people to talk about it. Um, So I hope that helps. 100%. Yeah, no. And the thing is too with mental health is again, you have been so candid about your journey and I applaud you for that because mental health is one of those topics that is so taboo and like no one wants Mm -hmm. to talk about. And if they do want to talk about it, it's almost as if they're afraid of getting shamed yep. because they just don't know how it's going to, you know, they don't, they don't know what the reaction is going to be. So I have to ask you from your perspective, when you did get diagnosed with your PTSD and, you know, other mental health um, issues, I mean, did you ever feel a sense of judgment? Did you ever feel a sense where you felt like you were going to be judged if you spoke about it? Oh, absolutely. I, I typed a paragraph out on my Instagram and it was for a Miss Tennessee USA post that we had to do um, explaining our platform. And I was so hesitant. I sat in my room all day long crying about it because yeah. I've never shared my story. Right. Um, my story happened, what, what I went through happened six years ago and I was ostracized. Um, it was spread all over social media. That's why I moved to Nashville. It was a really big thing back then. And I was so terrified that, you know, I would lose people and I wouldn't be accepted or people would think differently. Right. And instead, when I posted, I typed out a long paragraph. I posted it. I did not get on my phone. I was shaking. I was crying. Yeah, you're nervous. Yeah. Yeah. I checked my phone an hour later and it was all these sweet comments and people that actually went to school with me as a kid. And that reached out to me and they're like, we always knew that like you went through this, but we didn't know your side of the story. And they were like, I'm so proud of you for sharing that. And that was the first time I truly can say I cried happy tears. And I took a video of me crying happy tears. And it instead of it almost being like, um, I used to think of it as like a weakness or that I was weak for having that. Um, But now I almost use it as like, I'm proud to talk about my story. Yes. being a victim of sexual assault and all of those things, yeah, I was told, don't talk about it. Don't tell anyone. Don't right, tell anyone. You're muted. Right. Yeah. Um, people are going to judge you. Like, mm-hmm. and even my mom, she had to learn through therapy, like, you know, telling your daughter, like, to not talk about it at school and stuff. Like, that's kind of harmful. And she yeah. had to learn that. And for a while, until I realized that I'm not helping anyone. Right. And what really got it for me was... When I was 14 years old, everyone, like social media was a big thing. It was coming into like, you know, that's when social media was first starting. Oh, yes. Yeah. And totally. I kept on Googling stuff on YouTube, um, looking up like stuff about sexual assault, just trying to find someone I could relate to right. that was sharing their story other than just like, um, like sexual assault facts. And I couldn't find anyone. Um, of course, I know there's Lady Gaga. She shared her story before, and yes. I, I, that's like someone I look up to. But when I was oh, 14, me too, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, when I was 14, I'd come home from school and like I didn't really have any friends, and I would just sit in my room and cry because I was like, why is why do I have not anyone? Like I see people talking about other things on social media and YouTube creators, and but right. no one was sharing their story, and that really hit home for me. And so now that I've gotten older, I've realized that I know that there's another 14-year-old girl in her room that doesn't have anyone on social media to see herself through. Right. Um, because that's all we want. Um, 
I know one of my therapy tricks, which I don't know if it's a healthy one. (laughs) (laughs) My therapist didn't teach me it. But when I would cry, I would actually have to watch um, almost like a scene from a movie of another person crying just so I didn't feel alone. Wow. That's a good one, though. Yeah, I would look up like um, compilation, like sad music of people crying. Because when I would cry and have those panic attacks, it would almost calm me down watching oh, someone wow. else feel that type of pain. And That's interesting. through that, it was kind of like a mere reflection. And it hit me that if I can tell my story and show the growth that I came from that 14-year-old little girl, yeah. then I know that that other little 14-year-old girl can also get through it. Um, because I almost didn't. Um, yeah. But I did. Um so yeah, definitely yeah. patted myself on the back for that. 100%. And like, I pat you on the back too. I mean, like, it's it's hard. And it's not only hard, I feel like it's not even difficult being a woman, but it's difficult being a woman who has been in a position like that as far as sexual mm-hmm. assault. I mean, it it's almost as if your your whole world is just kind of shattered. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're, you also feel guilt not only from like yourself, but like from others too. And it can really kind of eat you alive. So throughout your journey within that and advocating and everything like that. I mean, how has that really affected you? Because I mean, again, it's so rewarding and it must be, I mean, I'm inspired by you 100%. I'm sure you inspire many, many others, not just me, (laughs) but you absolutely. But like, I mean, how does, how does that really affect you knowing that you are being raw, you are being candid and you're just going with your, I mean, you're, you're really just helping so many people. Um, for me, honestly, I've definitely taken it in more of um, a stiffer way now. Mm-hmm. Um, when I used to tell my story, I used to sometimes cry or I used to sometimes skip over details because I thought mm-hmm. if I shared, you know, those deep, dark details that, you know, maybe people would be uncomfortable. Right. Um, but now it's definitely more of a I talk about it in a stern way. Um And it's definitely affected me still because to this day, I think no matter what, um, I know a lot of people say, or I've been even told throughout my life, like, move on or, you know, let it go. Get over it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But when you are a victim of sexual assault, which I now call myself a survivor of sexual assault, it's kind of like um, your soul was shifted. Um, Your soul was ripped away from you and you had to gain almost a new soul back, but it never goes away. Um, and that's when I had to learn. Um, so I kind of just kind of taught myself, you know, if I'm going to live with this, why should I feel this guilt behind it? Right. Um, and of course, like talking about it, I still feel like, you know, maybe people will think it's weird or, you know, still being kind of like the, I wouldn't necessarily the outcast, but, you know, being in pageants, a lot of people have like the same um, platforms or, two people will be advocating for the same thing. And in my experience, like in my, when I watched like Miss Tennessee USA, um, there was a lot of people that have like human trafficking, but a lot yeah, of people yeah. get human trafficking and, or sex trafficking and sexual assault confused. Um, oh, okay. So a lot of people will almost use like the sex trafficking and also throw in like sexual assault. But both of those topics are so huge that that's one thing I'm like really strict about with people is, you can't talk about like sex trafficking and also se- being like a sexual assault victim almost as because it's kind of like two different things. Right. Um, 
because they're both going to feel different types of like emotions behind it. Right. Um, so that's one of my things I also like to educate people on is yes. I'm not going to feel the same type of stuff that a sex trafficking person has. Yeah, we both experience sexual assault, but it's like it's two different types of things. And so that's right. the one thing that I've definitely struggled with is also trying to be understanding. And I think as like a human, we we all struggle with that. We all see things through different lenses. Um, but that's also one thing I try and get people to understand is the biggest educator is the person that has experienced it. And I always say, and maybe this is bad, but I always say that I don't think people should be talking about things if they haven't gone through it. Um, right. Well, that, yeah, absolutely. You could be spreading misinformation. Um, and I'm actually going to do, I'm going to share one story actually that happened at Miss Tennessee USA. Yes, um, share it. I'm not going to say like any names or anything. But yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was one girl who her platform was also sexual assault and or hers was about feminism and she threw in sexual assault at the end of her blog um because I went through her website and she came up to me um at the pageant and she tried to get me like repost something on social media about it or whatever and I just said politely I was like hey well you know some of the stuff on your like organization, like your platform doesn't sit well with me and my like platform. And we almost kind of got into like a little argument because in one of her sayings, she says, I want to help sexual assault victims move on, which Mm. that word, Oh oh my gosh, that word is going. (laughs) And I asked her and I was like, have you been through this? And she was like, no. And I was like, well, you know, best idea is like you shouldn't really be talking about those things. And it really upset me because it was just like it's almost like a slap in the face to sexual assault victims that actually are being brave talking about it. Um, Where we no matter what, no matter who you tell your story to, it's still scary. Um, And so it's kind of like I wish that I could, you know, say I haven't gone through it. I wish that I could sit there and, you know, create an organization and say like, oh, I haven't been through that, but I want to advocate for it. Instead, I was thrown into this life. Um, And being a sexual assault victim, it's kind of something that you never ask for. Um, And it's definitely life changing. I can say that my life went from point A to point Z real fast. Yeah, Um, sure. And so, yeah, that's kind of like my little story on it. Um, yeah, no, 100%. And like, I have to ask you too. Um, so you, I mean, how old, how old are you now? How many years has it been since the incident? So I'm 20 years old now. Um, this happened six years ago. Okay. All right. So you were like about 14. Mm-hmm. So I have to ask you from woman to woman, when that happened to you you did say that it went from a to z very quick and everything Mm -hmm. kind of escalated in in a way um so i have to ask you how did you get yourself back out there you know because i'm sure it can i mean we all go through things in life where you know we kind of just fall down and we don't really know how to get back up so how did you get back up after that you know i'm sure it took a lot of you know self love and really just putting yourself in a position where you know you felt like you could but it's hard it's so so difficult trying to get back up so how did you absolutely so when it happened to me um of course being 14 years old I went to like I said earlier the top private school um and there was a bunch of social media stuff that was involved in my like story my 
case because it was taken to court. Okay. Um, and with that, false information was released about me online. Oh. Um, and personal information was spread all across my old city. Um, my school found out. I was basically told it'd be best if I didn't come back. Um, and wow. my mom took my phone because of the social media. Um, so I went without any type of social media for a year. Um, I sat alone in my room for a year by myself. Mm-hmm. I lost friends, family members. Um, I was taken out of school early. They sent me my schoolwork at home. And it was kind of like, well, you know, this wasn't my fault. So why am I the one being kind of like, you know, yeah. Yeah. ostracized from everyone? Right. And that hit me. So spending a year alone dealing with these emotions, not only that, but being, you know, bullied online, um, bullied in person. I couldn't even go out without people pointing at me. Right. Yeah. Um, going to court, you know, all of those things really hit me. Yeah. Um, for yeah. four, well, for a year I agree. Alone, <laughs> not having a single person to talk to. My yeah. mom let me get a cat um, to help Aww. me with that. But Aww. I really think that spending so much time alone, I really got to be self-aware with myself. Mm. Um, and I think that's when you get to like 21, 22, a lot of people and even in college, they're, like, they not, they're not self-aware with themselves. Um not trying to be judgy, but that's just what I've seen through people is people don't realize sometimes what they say affects people or, you know, they don't know what's going on with their emotions. For me, I just dived into all of my deep emotions and I really let myself feel everything. Um, And that's what really pushed me out of it was spending that time alone. Um, Of course, I moved um, because you know, I I did get over it like two years, and then it still was not getting better. Um, So I moved. Um, And once I moved to Nashville, you know, I was like, I'm going to recreate myself. I don't want anyone to recognize me. I don't want anyone from my past to know who I am. And so when I moved here, it was kind of like I changed my hair color. I changed my style. I unadded everyone I used to follow. Completely restarted. Reinvented. Um, We even... Um, I know sometimes on my social media, I go by my middle name. I go by Alexa Sky instead of Alexa Bast sometimes. Okay. Because I didn't want anyone to know. I didn't want anyone to know that was my last name. Um, because that's what was spread across my social media um, when I was 14. Right. Wow. And so that's what pushed me. And whenever I reinvented myself and I saw that when people got to know me without the rumors, without all the, you know, false lies people made up about me as a kid people liked me. Um, People didn't have this story that they had heard in class about a girl um, in the back of their mind meeting me. Um, And that's what really pushed me to get into pageants too, is because I, I was like, okay, you know, I can show them that I'm not the the 14 year old girl that I once was. Um, And I can go in and I, I can share whatever I want and I can show them the real me. And I, I went in thinking, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to place. I mean, I was like, yeah. I had never walked in heels like that before. I got one month of training. Oh, wow. um, I didn't even think I was, I would place ever. Um, I did it just simply for confidence, just to prove all the people when I was 14 years old that told me, you know, you'll never be worth anything to yeah. prove them wrong. And whenever I made top 15, I didn't even need to win. Um, It was just that moment of 
I did it. I came so far that people don't know about. And that's really the most rewarding thing for me. And that's when I competed. I competed again at Miss U.S. International. And I put my heels in the night before. I probably shouldn't say this, but I I did not train at all. Did not go to the gym once. Oh, my gosh. Nothing. Because I thought that, you know, I'm doing this for myself. I'm doing this to help other girls. I really, yes, it's good to win, but it's not always about that. And I'm still new to this. And when I went to Miss U.S. International, I drove 12 hours, oh had gosh. no family wow. there, um, got all my stuff, like unpacked it, I had to carry everything myself. Um, and I made it third runner up um, wow. at my first national pageant. And it's shown me that the more that I do it, the more people that get to know me, the more times I put myself out there, the more difference I'm making. And Absolutely. it's teaching me that I can do it. Yes, um, because for a long time, like 14 years old, if I'm going to be honest, there was many times when I contemplated, like, do I deserve to be here? Right. Um, and I yeah. think that's what a lot of people go through, no matter if you've gone through sexual assault or bullying or you're being harassed. And um, a funny thing my uh, therapist told me was you've got the triple whammy in life. Um, and she cried to me about it because I was just a 14 year old little girl. Yeah, and- my life changed forever. And it's showing me that those people that saw me at 14 years old that see me now, it's just, it's comical to me. Um, I kind of use it as like a funny thing. Um, But yeah, so I hope that answered. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, it's just, it's so inspirational seeing you go from such a low point of your life and really making it into something that is not only courageous, but it's also very beautiful in many, many ways. And you should be very proud. I mean, I'm proud of you. I mean, seriously, I mean, this is, this is incredible. And your story too. I mean, you are so vulnerable and you've shared so much that I think some people might be, you know, scared to, and it's people and it's, it's women like you that I love having on this because it really does show that there is always light at, at the end of the tunnel. You know, there, there always is going to be a rainbow after the storm and, you know, it's a different journey for everyone, obviously, but it really is incredible what you've done and what you've made. So congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. So also, I want to ask you briefly about your modeling and really, how has that been? Because I used to do it. I don't model anymore. But I mean, I have to ask, as far as your self-image and just everything like that, as far as your confidence, how has that been? So I just started modeling. Um, I did a few like, you know, here and there photo shoots. Um, even like as a kid, I used to yeah. just go out and take pictures. I always loved being in front of the camera. Um And that's one thing that I always tell people is not to bring up again my story, but when you are sexually assaulted, I don't know if it is the same for other people, but I lost interest in everything that I once loved. Um, I did theater. I did ballet. I did singing. I I just love being on stage in front of people. Um, And I lost all of that. Um, And I still am trying to gain that back to this day. And when I moved to Nashville and I recreated my image, you know, I've always loved social media. It has been my outlet. I've always wanted to be like a creator. That's been my goal since I was a little girl. Um, And when I got into modeling, um, 
it was really unexpected, honestly. So I got signed to NYMMG, which is based in New York. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So anyway, so at the Miss Tennessee USA pageant, if you win, you get a contract with them. Okay. Well, I didn't win, but we all still had to go through interviews. And in my interview, like, I guess I hit it off with the girl um, <laughs> because they reached out to me afterwards and they were like, you stood out to us, even though you didn't win. It's still such a shocker that you were the youngest girl in top 15 and that was your first pageant ever. Um, that's really hard to say that you've never done a single pageant and you placed at a USA system. Um and so they signed me and we've still been filling out the paperwork and oh. getting put on the websites. Um, but I still do some modeling um, for like local photographers or people that reach out to me. And it's kind of my outlet to feel beautiful, which that might kind of sound like stereotypical. But to me, I look at it as these people are seeing me as this pretty blonde girl and I get told that all the time people will come up to me and say oh like you look like the girl like you know you weren't bullied in high school or right. you know you were definitely the popular girl like you're a pretty blonde girl right. and I look at them and I'm like you have no idea <laughs> um, and then once I tell them they're like oh my gosh I, I would have never guessed and that's one thing that I kind of use as like it's a weird way in my brain it works but modeling kind of like helps me show people that in a way um because it catches people attend people's attention right. to want to talk to you to want to reach out to you because when you can you know have all these poses and you can you know look good on print or a camera or whatever um people reach out to you when you can tell them actually the person that's in the photo it's a whole different idea then right. it's a whole different world um it becomes a lot more meaningful right um, it's expressive yeah mm -hmm. So I hope that helps. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. And like, I, again, I mean, I think your story is, is just so incredible. And again, you are so like multi-talented. I mean, you've done so much and I feel like it's been such little time. I mean, six years ago was, you know, it, it kind of a short amount of time to really be doing everything that you've been doing I mean it's yeah so 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 inspiring and um also too before I let you go I wanted to ask you ask everybody on my podcast what would you say is one word or quote that you say that you live by oh I have it on my wall actually you have so many quotes. I was literally <laughs> scrolling through your Instagram. You just have so that, many like amazing quotes. <laughs> that is my one thing. Whenever people ask me, what do I do when I need encouragement? I read quotes. Oh, me, too. <laughs> me too. I'm the same way. <laughs> so my favorite quote is to be a star. You must shine your own light, follow your own path and don't worry about the darkness for that is when the stars shine the brightest. Oh, I like that one. And that's my favorite is because, um, not to get really deep, um, but my platform is called Surviving Stars because my middle name is Sky. Right. Um, and I was born the day after 9-11. And my mom just thought, like, all the pain in the world, when she looked up at the sky at night, she just knew that, you know, there's still going to be stars. And when I got sexually assaulted and went through all of that, um, she used to call me her shooting star. Mm -hmm. And to me, it felt like that shooting star died. It was just like, I didn't feel like a star. I didn't feel beautiful mm -hmm. or anything. And that's why my platform is called surviving star surviving stars, because 
it's kind of like a weird way, but that quote is like really emotional to me simply yeah. because so personal. no matter what stars still shine. And I had to teach myself that. Um, yeah. Cause shine star, the stars, stars shine the brightest when it's the darkest. Yes. And so- that's really what I live by. It's on my wall in front of my bed. Every morning when I look up, I see that. Um, or of course, be you be you not them that has yes. always been in my yeah. bio since I was 14 years old oh my gosh. that has never changed oh um I have God. that on my wall behind my bed um so there's little things that in my room and I'm a very meaningful person that certain quotes I will never let go of yeah, I mean me too I'm the same way I mean quotes really do make life a lot easier I feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I ask everybody on this podcast I always ask everybody because everyone has a different quote that means something specifically to them so and and, and me, I mean like there's so many quotes out there that can be so many have carry so much meaning for so many people absolutely absolutely well, thank you again, Alexa. This has been so nice. <laughs> thank so you for being so candid and raw and open. <laughs> I know I can talk, I can ramble forever, but thank you so oh, much for right. like giving me this opportunity to come on your podcast. Oh I'm so gosh. excited though That's to so- like go back and listen to it. <laughs> I would love-